Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Just having a single sensor on another planet can yield all kinds of insights beneath the surface. Now, understanding what is happening on another planet is really difficult, especially if you can only look via telescopes or maybe satellite images. But having something that can see underneath the surface of the planet Mars can help us understand not only its core, but maybe what happened in its past and its future, including understanding even its atmosphere. One of the great things about science is that research projects, collaborative samples over many years of time or large-scale endeavours like the Large Hadron Collider or maybe a space mission, can generate huge, huge sets of data. Now this data can still yield amazing new insights when somebody else gets a chance to peer inside of it. And that's one of the great things about scientific progress is that sometimes you don't know exactly what you want to find. And somebody else later on goes, oh, actually you've got a data set that's of great interest and use to me. And this is really important because a lot of the time when we send up a, for example, a space probe, you're trying to figure out 10 years before you launch it, or maybe 15, 20 years when you're designing it, things that you could measure, techniques and instruments that you can use, and questions you may want to answer long before you actually have to actually do that exact work. Then when you've collected that data, it might be another decade before someone gets around to looking at that massive amount of information and processing it and finding things out. And this is both one of the difficult but amazing things about science. And what we're going to look at today is a whole series of papers. And all of these stem from using instruments aboard NASA's InSight lander. Now, that landed down on Mars's surface in 2018, but a lot of data has been coming out of that and collated, and enough time has passed that researchers have managed to pour over it and collect all kinds of interesting things. They've got enough data over a long period of time to actually make some informed observations. And the things they're observing are pretty varied. Now, one of the great parts about the InSight lander is that it is fitted with a seismometer. But there are a lot of different things you can do with this simple instrument. And an instrument like a seismometer is pretty cool because you can use it to study a lot of geological things about the planet Mars. For contrast, we have four of these seismic stations on the moon since the 1970s. And that's great because you can get a whole bunch of information about what's happening on the moon. But on Mars, the InSight lander was the first time we actually had one of these devices. Now, every time you feel a vague shake and go, oh, was that just me or was that maybe something larger? And you dial up or pull up on the internet one of the websites for a geological service, you might see an earthquake warning. This would have been picked up by one of the many hundreds of seismometers scattered across your country or region where they could be doing observations about the geology of the area. So you don't need a huge amount of them, but you need some to build a big seismic network and model of a planet that helps you understand behaviours of that planet and what's going on on top and below the surface. So seismometers are really useful, and the InSight lander actually put one down on the planet Mars. And that's great because now scientists have a way of collecting data about what is happening on the surface and underneath of Mars. Now these different research projects and papers we're about to talk about come from a wide variety of universities and research teams that have been looking at a lot of different questions, but all of them fundamentally relate to what exactly is happening on Mars and how that all shakes out.
Now the first paper we're going to talk about was published in the journal Nature Astronomy with researchers from the Australian National University. These include Dr. Wang and Professor Halleck. Now what they were trying to explain and explore was what is happening not on the surface of Mars but actually right at its core. And the core of a planet is a fascinating place because it can tell us a lot about both planet formation, the previous history of a planet and also what the future may hold. And also, because a core is so important, not just for the geology on the surface, it also plays a key role in what happens above that, in the atmosphere, and also in the magnetosphere. So understanding the planet's core is a really important thing. Scientists sometimes call it the engine room of a planet, but it is really, really significant. The thing is, with Mars, well, we're trying to really understand what is happening on its interior, because, of course... We can't see it and we can't do good measurements of it as well. Having a rover with a laser beam and a drill on it is not really enough to scratch beneath the surface to that degree. And researchers have understood and confirmed back in 2021 that Mars actually has a large core at the center. But what exactly it's made up with and how it works is still yet to be learned. Now, the researchers from ANU used a model to scan basically the entirety of Mars's interior. And they did this with a technique that is actually pretty similar to what you would use with an ultrasound. Now, if you've ever had an ultrasound taken on you, you'll probably remember the gel, uh, which is a little bit cool, but that's basically conductive medium. And they place a probe on your body and then they send some sound pulses inside of you they hit objects inside of your body and then bounce back. Now, that reflection pattern is used by the device to help identify things inside of you. And ultrasound's an amazing thing for imaging through tissue or certain regions inside your body. And they're really great, especially for something looking like an organ or perhaps in case of pregnancy. So ultrasounds are really cool, but they're actually using this reflection technique and they have only one sensing device and listener, basically. Transmitter, the receiver, and through that combined process is how it does the scan. So what does that have to do with Mars? Well, you see, as we talked about before, there's really only one seismometer on the surface of Mars, that brought by the inside lander. So you've only got one device. But if you use that device carefully, it can still do a lot of work for you. Because despite only having one major device, you can actually use that and making sure you're capturing some events that generate some sort of wave using the listening device of the seismometer, you can track and understand what is happening at its core by looking at the way the reflections take place and it bounce back from what's underneath back to the seismometer on the surface. And this used both the single instrument to scan the interior of a planet and also the actual data set generated by the InSight lander. So the model here on Earth plus the actual data from the lander combined to make a new technique for using just a single probe to do a detailed deep scan of the core of a planet. Now this is doubly important because not only that's all we've got on Mars, so understanding how Mars works is important and we've only got one device there right now, so okay, how do we do it? It also is really interesting because it shows that if we just get one of these devices to another planet, maybe the surface of Venus, so that's incredibly hard to do, or perhaps another object like a, maybe a dwarf planet-like Ceres, it would be a really good way to get a deep understanding of its core just by using a single instrument. 
Now, what the research showed and analysis showed that was actually some pretty interesting insights about what made up Mars's core. Now, from the data that they collected and their models, it suggests that Mars's core is a liquid. And that liquid is mostly made up of nickel and iron. Of course, there are traces of light elements like hydrogen and sulfur, but these are really important combinations of elements because they can alter the ability of a planet to transmit and transport heat. So this combination of a single-sized thermometer and listening to the echoes generated by earthquakes on Mars, or maybe an asteroid impacts, and seeing how those sound waves propagate through the surface of Mars and bounce back the echoes, the reverberations, through things like the core, help researchers build this model, understand how Mars's core works, and then hopefully in the future also apply it to other planets that we can study with a similar technique. This is some great research published in the journal Nature Astronomy by researchers Vang and Takalik, and shows the power of a single sensor to help change your understanding of something as big as a planet's core. Researchers from ETH Zurich used the same probe, the Inside Lander, to understand the location and nature of all kinds of earthquakes on Mars, and used this information to build a better understanding of well, geological activity and presence of volcanism on the surface of Mars. Now, lead author in this paper was Simon Steller, along with a list of other researchers from ETH Zurich, Harvard University, Nazi University in Paris, and obviously also the German Aerospace Center in Berlin. And what these researchers were using was the large amount of earthquakes measured by the InSight lander. Now, as we talked about before, these earthquakes get picked up by the seismometer inside the lander, and that's useful for scanning the interior of the core. But actually also just having a whole bunch of earthquakes and understanding just how many are happening on Mars is also really important because understanding of where and how these earthquakes or seismic pings are occurring is really important. They picked up around 1,300 of these Mars quakes and what they were looking at wasn't all the same type of seismic shock. There are some large ones, there were some small ones and sometimes if you looked at them on a more larger scale you saw there were some patterns. For example, a cluster of more than 20 relatively recent Mars quakes that all occurred in the region of the Cerberus Fosse Graben system. Now, what's interesting about this region on Mars, it, it consists of a series of rifts known as Graben. And if you're getting a lot of quakes or a cluster of Mars quakes happening in this area, well, that's a pattern that's worth exploring because it suggests that something like volcanism actually still plays an active role in shaping Mars's surface. Now what the researchers saw in this cluster of 20 recent Mars quakes in Cerberus Fossa were some pretty interesting things. They're all relatively low frequency quakes, and this could indicate a potential warm source. There's many different things that could explain a low frequency type quake, but there's many easy explanations that involve lava, molten lava, magma at a certain depth and the volcanic activity on Mars. 
and this would be really interesting because if you looked where this was happening in the innermost part of Cerberus Fossa, well, it would suggest that something seismic and volcanic-like is occurring in this region. But that seismic point of data is just but one reference. Fortunately for these researchers, they can draw on other pieces of observational data. For example, like images of that same region. And what they saw in this region is that some darker deposits of dust, not only in the dominant direction of Rind, but in multiple directions surrounding that Cerberus fossil mantling unit. So this is interesting because different shades of dust signify something geological. It means that something has happened there relatively recently, perhaps, you know, 50,000 years ago. So in geological age, really young. But it does show that there's something occurring that's making this region have different color visible rock than others. And this is unusual, to say the least, but because it's associated as well with actually very, very recent in geological senses, Mars quakes occurring in that area. So if you've got quakes happening in this region and you have visual evidence of a changed surface in that area, that actually suggests something like a volcanic activity. The problem is researchers are trying to really guess here because we don't have a lot of ways of getting detailed data. Now, a seismometer is a great tool, but it's just one, literally just one tool that we have on Mars' surface. Orbital images are great, but we don't often have depth or real understanding of what else they are. So getting more data like that seismic data helps us inform what we're seeing so we understand what it might be or know where to look on an entire large planet. And it's not surprising that Mars has volcanoes. We know Mars has volcanoes, some incredibly large ones like the largest volcanic system in our solar system, Olympus Mons, which is you know, nearly three times larger than that of Mount Everest. But the quakes that they've been seen in Cerberus Fossae, this is suggesting that there are certain regions on Mars that are not extinct, very old volcanoes like, say, Olympus Mons, but ones that are active and still working today. If you look at it, the weight of the volcanic region from the data that they've collected suggests that it's sinking and forming parallel rifts, graben, that pull the crust of Mars apart, much like the cracks that you see on the top of a cake when it's baking and it stretches apart. Now, this isn't incredibly widespread on Mars. It might be some of the last remnants of a once very active region, or maybe the magma is moving towards the next location for an eruption. But it is evidence of actual volcanism in progress as we see it on the surface of Mars. And that is really amazing because for a long time, we thought that Mars was, geologically speaking, dead, but it's showing to be anything but. And that's the power of knowing where to look. And that guidance is only really happening because we have this seismometer on the InSight mission and scientists from ETH Zurich scouring over that data and then training other instruments on it to see what we can learn by studying different regions of Mars's surface. This is a great paper published in the journal Nature Astronomy with lead author on the paper, Simon Steiler. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. One seismometer on Mars helps us learn not only what's happening on its core, but also maybe some rifts that suggest volcanic activity on the surface of Mars. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.